Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're in Penn Valley, California with fiber artist Cassidy Fisher. She's sharing about how she turned her passion for art into a full-time profession and how she uses inspiration from the beautiful things around her to create her collections. Plus, she's dishing all about her incredible experience at Magnolia Celebration and the impact that's had on her business. So here we go with Cassidy Fisher. Well, today we're here in Penn Valley, California with fiber artist Cassidy Fisher. Cassidy, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about you. Has Northern California always been your home? Um, yes, I have been born and raised in Grass Valley, California. Um, I have always loved it here. I consider myself like a forest child. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I grew up uh, my parents had five acres, and so I grew up with the dog, playing around on the five acres. Um, I've always been an artist, painting, drawing ever since I was a kid. Um, I would go out and try to like incorporate nature into all of my arts and crafts as a kid. <laughs> I love that. Well, talk to us about your creative journey and how you decided to become an artist. I mean, I know that's always been a part of your life, but how did you decide to become an artist professionally? So, like I said, I've been doing art ever since I was a kid. Um, I know a lot of people like feel uncomfortable saying they're an artist, but I feel like I was like born an artist. Yeah. And my entire life, I told my parents, like, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be an artist. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and then um, college came around. I was in high school and um, my family didn't really go to college. And they, my school, I went to a private school, so it was very big to go to college. Like, it wasn't an option. Everyone did it. And so I kind of felt pressure to do that. And I had some people in my life tell me, you know, if you want to be an artist, like you're not going to make any money. And that's not really like a path that you can do. And so I really like took that to heart. You know, teenagers are so impressionable. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can't do something that I'm going to fail at. And so I went to college. Um, I got like almost a full ride to a private school. I was majoring in psychology. I had plans to get my master's at Notre Dame. So I had everything planned out. Like I could have had this super successful career, but halfway through it, I was engaged. And one night I was studying um, with my fiance. He was helping me study for this big test. And I was so miserable. And I just like threw down all of my like homework. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I hate this. I hadn't made art in like three years, anything, which I used to make art like almost every day. And he was like, well, what do you want to do? Like what would make you happy? And I was like making art that would make me happy. Like that's what I always wanted to do ever since I was a kid. I did have an art minor that I had dropped and then picked back up, but I had never taken any art classes. They were going to be like towards the end of my college career. Um, and he was like, well, do you want to go to art school? Like, do you want to become an artist? Do you want to drop out of college? Do you want to major in art? And he was just like trying to force me to tell him what I actually wanted to tell myself what I actually wanted. And I just was like, 
well, yeah, I'd love to be an artist, but I can't do that. And he's like, why not? And I was like, because people just don't, you don't just do that. Like, I can't do that. And he was like, yes, you can. You can do whatever you want. And I was just like, like, it would not penetrate. I'm just like, no, no, I can't. Like, who, who does that? <laughs> and then he just kept saying it over and over. And I was like, I can do it. Why am I not doing that? Like, why am I doing something that makes Aww. me so unhappy? Yeah. And it was just like a light bulb went off. And so I took, it was the end. Uh, I was like two years in. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a year of college, see if I want to come back. And like within like a month, I was like, I'm not going back. And wow. it was great. So is that when the start of the Northern Craft happened? So yes, that's when the start of the Northern Craft happened. So I finished that year of college we got married um, a couple weeks after I finished, and then we moved in together, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do the Northern Craft. I was waitressing part-time. Um, I was working on the Northern Craft, and um, he was just so supportive, and he's like, you're so talented. You can do this. And at first, it was super rocky, and because I knew that I loved art, I was, had kind of a path of what I was doing, but I didn't know for sure specifically I needed to kind of focus on one thing. And he was so helpful with that. He's very, like, the opposite of me, very, like, intellectual, critical thinking. Um, <laughs> and But he's also creative, and so that was great. He was, like, he's my, you know, home beacon. He's like, you need to keep focusing on this. Keep your eyes on the goal. Yes. And which is so helpful. I feel like all artists need that. Uh-huh. Um, and we moved into a house. We bought a house. Um, I, the night we moved in, he brought me downstairs and he had set up a studio in one of the guest bedrooms. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love how supportive he has been of your dreams. Oh, I totally, I think I say on like my website, like I owe it all to him. He's yeah. been so great. Like it definitely, like it was all, it was in me, but I needed someone to really like bring it, it out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Just to give me the confidence to do that. Um, so good. People in your life, especially if you're an artist, especially if you're anyone, you need supportive people in your life. So true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was so cute. He set up a studio for me and he's like, here you go. And so then it was like a couple months of really honing what I wanted to do. And I had got into weaving a couple months earlier and just kind of for fun. And then I was like, I think I love this. I think I want to do this full time. And that's how I started the Northern Craft. Wow. So is weaving something that you knew how to do or did you teach yourself or what was that like? So weaving. So I grew up painting and drawing. Okay. Um, I thought for sure, as I feel like a lot of like artists do, um, they think they're definitely going to go into like the fine arts. They're going to paint. So once I started the Northern Craft, I was kind of weaving and also still doing painting, drawing. Um, and I did commissions for people with painting and I hated it so much. I, for some reason, there was something about, I think painting will always be something that I'll do for myself. That's kind of like therapeutic for me, um, but not something that I can really like do for other people. And so, but weaving was the opposite. I felt like it was like the most fun challenge. Like people would be like, I love this. I want these colors. And I was like, let me make you something beautiful. And that was so fun to me. Um, and weaving. So I got into weaving about like three years ago and I saw someone on Instagram and I was like, 
wow, that's so cool. And I know in myself that I have an issue with looking at different mediums and being like, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. (laughs) This is where my husband, you know, keeps me focused. Yes. Um, And he was like, and after a couple months, I was like, no, I think I really want to do this. And he was like, okay. And at first it was just going to be for fun. And then I started doing it and I was like, totally fell in love. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think I want to do this for people. I think I want to sell my work. So then I added that to, that's how like the Northern Craft started. I did weaving, painting, and then eventually when I figured out that I didn't love doing painting for other people, I quit that. And the weaving was just becoming so big. Um, It was just kind of overwhelming my life. And I also had a hard time letting go of the painting because I felt like that was like, ever since I was a kid, I thought that was who I was going to be. Um, And so it was a huge growth moment. Um, An identity thing. Yes, 100%. Um, I was in my studio like a couple months ago and I have a whole shelf of like all my art supplies and I had two shelves dedicated to yarn and then I had all the other shelves dedicated to art or uh, painting and drawing and I had so much yarn that it was I was starting to add another shelf and another shelf and I was like oh my gosh I have to put away all the paints I have to put those in the closet and somewhere else because weaving's taking over and like you said it was a huge identity thing and I was it was like bittersweet yeah I was definitely supposed to keep moving and growing but at the same time I was like I always thought I would be this but once I finally like realized that I was like okay I'm ready to like move on it felt like a really big growth moment for the northern craft yeah (laughs) that's great and but in some ways I'm sure it just allowed you to flourish yeah what you're doing now totally yeah totally I love that So along the way, you came up with this idea of what you call travel collections. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about that concept and what sparked that idea. Okay. I love my travel collections. Um, So I was going through, which I think all artists do, just kind of like uh, artistic like rut Um, and just not knowing what to make. And we, my husband and I, there is a uh, river near where we live called the Yuba River. It's gorgeous. Um, All the locals here love it. Um, it's just very healing. It's a beautiful, like healing place. Um, and so we took a trip up there and we're just walking around. Um, it was colder out. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of people there, you know, swimming, just kind of walking along the river and it's such a beautiful place. And I was looking at all the colors and I was thinking about how can I get out of this artistic rut that I'm in? Like, I just want to get past this. Um, and looking at all of the colors and textures um, in the rocks and the trees and the water, I started thinking about, wow, this would be so cool to do a weaving collection and then bring it here and take pictures of it here. Like that would be such a beautiful thing just to highlight the weavings a little bit more. And I w- then started thinking, what if I did a collection based off of this, not just take pictures here, but base the whole collection off of what I'm seeing here? Because I'm so inspired right now. And my husband came over and he was like, we should travel. Pl-. I kind of told him about the idea. And he's like, what if we traveled around and you didn't just do like here? What if you did specific towns and you highlighted the town? And I was like, oh my gosh, that it's amazing. We just have like a million dollar idea. I love it. I uh-huh. love it. And so I was just so pumped. I couldn't wait to start making. And so the first collection was based off the Yuba because that's where it all started. Yeah. And I, I was just, I haven't like stopped that like fire to make like these travel collections haven't stopped. 
I love it. So you started with Yuba and mm-hmm. then you have two more, right? Yes. So the next one um, was our like Shasta or Mount Shasta collection. So Mount Shasta is also in Northern California. It's a really, really tiny town. We had never been there before. We also kind of wanted to go places we'd never been. And so I just looked up lots of pictures of Mount Shasta. And so I based a collection off of that. Then we traveled up there and we looked for the perfect spot. We had so much fun. Um, One of the reasons we also wanted to do these travel collections was because at the same time when I was going through that artistic rut, um, my husband and I were just feeling like, wow, life is just getting us down. We used to travel a lot when we were dating and we used to have so much fun and we've just been, you know, responsibilities and hard life stuff. And we're like, on top of this being great for the Northern Craft, we also want it to be for us to fulfill us and for us to force us to get out. And so we got up there and we had so much fun running around the mountain and skateboarding down back uh, like forestry roads. And it was so beautiful. Um, We finally, on the last day there, we drove all the way up to the um, summit and got out, found the perfect spot and photographed the collection. People were staring at us, wondering what we were doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's been so cool, specifically with the Mount Shasta collection. I've had so many people connect with it. I wasn't really anticipating this when I made the travel collections, but people would see it and they're like, oh, wow, is that like a mountain scene in the weaving? And I was like, oh yeah, it's based off of Mount Shasta. Have you ever been there? And I had this one girl go, oh my gosh, I hiked the summit of Mount Shasta and she immediately had a connection with the weaving and I thought that was so cool and um the woman who actually ended up buying the weaving um specifically her and her husband moved here because of Mount Shasta moved to Northern California and I was just like I couldn't even anticipate that and it's been so cool to see how people have connected with the collections I love that I mean that has to be that's kind of the ultimate fulfillment as an artist mm-hmm. to have people connect with your work like that. Totally. So. Well, you also travel around to local shops and locations and you teach workshops mm-hmm. because I feel like weaving is maybe a little bit of a lost art. Yes, totally. Yeah. So tell us about your workshops. Um, so the workshops, I went to a shop to ask them if they wanted to feature my art and they were like, do you want to teach workshops? And I was like, oh, why I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and um, I was totally into it because, yeah, like you said, I'm completely self-taught with weaving. It was, there's definitely more, um, there's more places you can go now online. Um, there's a few weavers that do tutorials and stuff. Um, but when I was doing it, there was literally like nothing online. It was something maybe I found like a few like PDF booklets from like, that looked like, you know, your grandma wrote it. <laughs> um, And so I just kind of had to trial and error um, with weaving. And so I felt that would be such a cool opportunity to kind of give back to that because I was so passionate about it. And like you said, it does feel like a lost art. You know, it's been something that people have been doing for thousands of years. But now in this day and age, everything's done on a machine. People don't need to do it anymore. But I think it's so cool because you do things that you can't really do on a machine. It's just different. And so... I felt that was so cool. I would love to do that and teach people. And people were so interested. They were totally on board and were like, yeah, I want to do that. So that was really fulfilling as an artist to be like, wow, I'm so happy that other people are interested. Like, it's not just me. And I feel like our generation is 
hungry, they really appreciate stuff that's handmade. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they've seen what a machine can do, but Mm -hmm. there's more meaning in something that someone took the time to make. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, where do you find your creative inspiration? I mean, is it always like the Yuba River experience or (laughs) is it, are there other things too that inspire your work? I am inspired by other artists, um, not necessarily their work, but I'm more, I'm more inspired by their drive. Um, like I said, you know, it was hard for me to become an artist. I felt, you know, kind of bogged down in like what society told me, like, oh, I shouldn't do that. And so seeing other artists make it and hustle and make beautiful work that people are in love with, and that's so inspiring to me. Like there's nothing that inspires me more than like seeing people work hard and be successful at it. So there's that. And also, yeah, the Yuba River, like I have grown up in Northern California. It inspires me so much. Like whenever I'm outside, I feel just a thousand percent better. It just fulfills my soul. I read an article that spending like an hour, I think outside boosts your creativity, like 60%. And so that was like mind blowing to me. And so, but it's so true. Whenever I get outside, it's just like, oh, there it is. So yeah, and I live in such a beautiful place that it's hard not to be inspired by it. Absolutely. Well, talking of that, what is it that you love about your small town and rural living? Oh gosh. I mean, we're sitting at your house and it's a beautiful view. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I definitely think there are people that born in small towns and you know, they have a drive to get out to cities and I just never had that. Like going to college, I didn't want to go to college. I went to a local college um, because I didn't want to leave my small town. I have loved it so much. It feels like I have never felt confined by it. I feel more like freed by it. It feels secluded. It feels private. Um, It feels like you can just get lost in it. Um, You can get lost in the forest out here. There's so many beautiful places. Um, We've gone to the city and we love visiting the city. But when we've gone, um, I was feeling so drained and I didn't really realize why. And like one of the first times we visited like a major city and we were driving home. And as soon as like we drove out of the city, I was like, oh my gosh, it lifted. Like I don't feel like, oh, anymore. Like I love visiting, but it definitely after a while, like starts to drag me down just because I feel like my soul, like my heart lives here. And it's, yeah, it's the lakes, the rivers. Like I have such memories. I think I'm also a very nostalgic person. And so that totally contributes to me loving my small town. I can't let go of the memories. Um, I'm so comfortable here. I love knowing, you know, I can go to a restaurant, I can go to my local feed store and the people know me, they know my dog. And I just love that sense of community. I think so many of us can identify that with that too, about Mm -hmm. just, you know, that leaving the city, there is something Mm -hmm. like, oh, I can breathe. Yes, totally. (laughs) Not that we don't love cities and appreciate what they have to offer. Offer. Yeah, Yeah. there's just something different about. Yeah, there's something in people who love small towns. It's like, and I'm sure probably city people feel the opposite. They get back to the city and they're like, oh, sound. (laughs) (laughs) We've spent a lot of time investing into this business and growing it and Mm expressing yourself creatively in in different ways through this business. And you were recently chosen to be a vendor at Magnolia's Celebration in Mm -hmm. Waco, Texas. Mm -hmm. First of all, what an honor. Congrats. Thank you. What was that experience like? 
Um, it was it was a surreal, crazy experience. I had only really been doing the Northern Craft full time for about a year. I had just come up with the travel collections, so I had only done two. And at the beginning of 2018, so that was last year, I wrote down a list of goals for the Northern Craft. And the one at the top of my list was to go to Magnolia Celebration. I had seen it years ago before I started the Northern Craft, um, just following other artists. And I was like, how do I do that? I want to go there for one day. Like, that would just be the dream. And so I had wanted to do that for a couple of years. And so in 2018, I was like, I'm going to go. And I just felt like, you know, it's a crazy thing. You have to be invited. I didn't even know how I was going <laughs> to how I was going to reach out to people. And I just had this feeling like, no, you're, you're going to go. And so I had found like in the recesses of the internet, an email, like a contact, um, someone there. And then I had also found someone on Instagram who had gone and I was like, Hey, how did you get in? Did you contact them? Did they contact you? And she was like, they contacted me. She's like, but I'll reach out. I love your stuff. I'm going to reach out to my contact there and send them your stuff. And I was just like, why? You're such a kind person. <laughs> like, you didn't have to do that. And so they responded to my email and they're like, we love your stuff. We want you to like submit a real application. And I uh, just getting that email, like just hearing back from them. Like I didn't even expect to maybe even hear back from them. They choose vendors from the, in, across the United States and only like 70 of them get chosen. And so I felt like, what are my chances? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but I was like, you know, you're going to go. Like, I believe in myself. I believe in what I'm doing. I just, I'm going to go. And every time I talk about to my husband, you know, like money-wise of us getting there, because it's in Texas, we live in California. And he would just be like, okay. And I'm like, oh, we're going. Don't forget. He would say something about like, oh, what are we doing in October? I'm like, we're going to Magnolia. <laughs> That's what we're doing in October. <laughs> And, you know, he would just kind of laugh. So when I got back that initial email, I, you know, just started screaming. And I haven't even been accepted, but I was just flattered. I was so honored just to get that. You were and on their radar. I was on yeah. their radar. Totally. Yeah. And so I sent an application and, you know, I was like, if I don't hear back, I'm just happy they reached out to me. And so... It was super late one night. Um, we had gotten home at like midnight. We went, hit the pillow at like one in the morning. My husband immediately is asleep. I am like fumbling with my phone. I'm just going to check my email really quick and then just pass out. And I'm like blurry eyed, like staring at the phone. And it said, I got an email from Magnolia that says, congratulations. And I just started screaming <laughs> at the top of my lungs. And my husband like lurches out of bed. He's like ex-military. He's like, what's going on? What's happening? <laughs> the cat is like jumping off the bed. And I'm like, I got it. And I'm just like screaming, screaming, screaming. And he's like, you have to stop screaming. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. Um, and it was, it was just so surreal. I couldn't believe that I was actually going. And going was... It was, like I said, we got there and it was just the most surreal experience. I had seen pictures of this place, like I watched their show and I couldn't believe, wow, I'm here because these people think I'm talented. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it was such an honor. Yeah, it, it was really cool. And you had mentioned too that 
you had other plans kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. just for growing your business. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it's like everything comes to a halt and this becomes your main focus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I had a whole year's worth of doing travel collections. And so we had been planning on traveling other places. Um, we had been planning on visiting family, doing collections and, I was like, oh, I could probably, you know, do the maybe like one collection and keep doing it or two. And then I started like uh, they sent me an email of how many people were going to be coming to the celebration. And it was going to be like upwards of 40,000 people. And I was like, I can't do anything. I just have to do stuff for Magnolia. Like everything came to a halt. I was like, okay, all those plans are scratched. I have to devote like 100% of my time into doing this. So that was definitely hard. I spent three months and I had only three months to prepare. Weaving is not something that goes super fast. You Uh know, I can't like order stock from somewhere and bring it with me. It's just little old me down in my studio. It's a slow process. And I also, it was hard for me because I wanted to make something that was worthwhile for people. You know, when I make something that isn't inspired, that I'm just trying to rush through, you can tell. People aren't gravitating towards it. The ones that it's so interesting to me, the ones that I love and I've put so much effort and that were super inspired, people gravitate towards those ones. And it's just like, they can tell, like they can feel it. And so... I wanted to make something worthwhile. And so that was also a pressure to me to make quality work, but also try to make enough quality work. And so it was great. We went there. It was enough. I had so many people look at other weavings and want customs based off of the weavings I did. I brought a book with me of different weavings I had done and told people, you know, I can make you other weavings like this. And that was great. A lot of people looked at weavings and they're like, well, I want my own. And, um, so it worked out great. Um, I came home and I spent three months doing custom orders for people. Wow. Um, so that was, that was awesome. And now I'm just now starting to get back. Like I said, I had only really been doing the Northern craft for like a year, eight months when I found out about Magnolia. And so now I'm just starting to get back and doing my travel collections and whatnot. Well, now that you're kind of caught up, mm-hmm. what what is next? What's your next travel destination or maybe some other project that you're working on for the Northern Craft? Yeah. So um, I'm super excited about 2019. Um, 2018 was just kind of a blur and a so whirlwind. busy. Yeah. Whirlwind. <laughs> so I'm really happy to get back into the studio and really like making these travel collections. Um So my next location is, I can't tell you where yet, but it's somewhere close to home and it's close to my heart. It's somewhere cold. Okay. (laughs) Um, So that'll be the next travel collection. And then I have so many ideas for this year. I know I do want one of the places to be in a city, even though I live in a rural area. Uh huh. I do love visiting cities and I think they're so colorful and crazy and vibrant. And so that's been, I've been wanting to pick a city and go there. I know I want to go to the desert. I know I want to do a collection there. I know I want to go to the coast. So those things are on my radar. I don't have, spe- I have an idea of specific places, but I'm just, I've learned to also, uh, just kind of go little by little not try to plan too much yeah. because plans change. <laughs> As you well know. Yes. <laughs> I love that. 
Yeah, keeping your hands open. That's yes. what I always try to do too because you just mm-hmm. never really know it's coming Oh, yeah. Next. Oh, yeah. Well, what advice would you have for someone who has a creative background and who maybe has that same thought that you had? Like, mm-hmm. I can never make a living as an artist. I mm-hmm. love art, but there's no way I can make a living at it. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? Mm. Gosh. Um, I had a guy asked me this one time he had like two little girls with him and he's like they love art but I tell them like I don't know if they're really gonna be able to do it like what would you tell them and I was like so thrown off guard and I just looked at them and I felt like oh my gosh I have such a responsibility to these little (laughs) kids right now like this was like me you know when I was a kid and I was like don't stop making um believe in yourself and have supportive people um like I talked about my husband like he was so supportive to me if you want to make something, if you have a dream, go for it. If you have people in your life telling you, because there's a difference. I had people in my life telling me just flat out, no, you can't do that. And then, you know, I have my husband who tells me, hey, I don't think that specific idea is a good idea, but I think this is, and I think what you're doing is really talented. And so I think it's important to have structure, of course, and, you know, Take your heart, but also take your brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, be smart about it, especially artists. We can totally get caught up in, well, this is how I feel. I want to do this. It's going to work out. Um, but you still have to kind of, you know, have that business-minded ideas uh, in regards to your art, um, in regards to anything you're doing, any small business, especially in a small town you don't have as much people to support you. Um, I think the internet is so important. Instagram has been huge for me. I have such an authentic following of amazing people. Get yourself out there. I was also so scared when I first started to just go into like a coffee shop and say, hey, do you want to put my art up on the wall? And I was just felt frozen by that fear. And eventually I got past it and it was like, why was I ever afraid of doing that? So don't be afraid to just ask. I got a Magnolia because I asked. Um, I think so many people don't realize that what just asking, what's the worst thing they're going to do? Say no. Exactly. Um, and you'd be surprised most of the time people say yes. So yeah, I think that would be my biggest advice to people is just ask. And keep creating. And keep creating. Yeah. I love it. Well, how do we follow along with you and keep up with these new things that are to be announced? Yes. So I'm on Instagram, The Northern Craft, and I am also have my own website, The Northern Craft. Um, you can get to the website through Instagram or you can just go on the website itself. I try to do about like once a month um, these collections. So they'll be the next one, um, February's collection will be released like at the beginning of February, the first week. And so you'll get to see the whole collection released, why it was based off of the location. Um, and this year we're also trying to do vlogs so you can just get, it's more of a personal feel. I want people to really like connect and just highlight the beautiful places that we go to. So yeah, you can follow along with me there. I love it. And on your website, you have pieces that you've already created, but you also mm-hmm. take custom orders through your website as well, right? I do. Yes. Yeah. You can contact me through my website, Instagram, any way you can get hold of me. And I, you know, people come up and say, you know, I love this, but I want these colors or I want this design. And I absolutely love creating something for someone. I think it's so fun to do a whole new creation for someone. So, yeah. 
Great. Well, I love what you're doing. Thank you. Keep up the great work. I can't wait to see what's next. I love what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. So we will link to all of that in the show notes. But Cassidy, awesome. thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. You bet. Well, I love that even though Cassidy's journey as an artist is different than what she had expected as a kid, she chose to push through into something new, and the result is beautiful and amazing. She introduced her Truckee collection shortly after our interview, which is now live on her website, and her next collection is dropping the first week of April. So be sure to go check out her website and follow along on Instagram to see her work and keep up with what's coming next. Thanks again to Cassidy for being on the podcast and thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody.